Do you have more pictures of your goats than yourself on your phone? Does your vacation time get spent attending goat shows? Can you have a conversation without bringing up dairy goats? Neither can we. So join us as we talk to the country's best breeders, judges, appraisers, and industry experts about all things dairy goats. We are John Kane and Danielle Caroli. Welcome to Ringside, an American Dairy Goat podcast. What's up, everyone, and welcome to Ringside. I'm John, and I am melting, and I'm joined by a person that's probably melting as well, Danielle Caroli. How's it going? Oh, I'm definitely melting. That's for sure. This 90-degree weather, this humidity is making it fun to be a farmer that's for sure oh it's it's ridiculous out right now it's 88 degrees real feel of 101 and it's not going to end anytime soon so that's fun we're having fun everything's fine we're fine everything's fine yes exactly numerous pool visits will be ensued for sure yeah well once again come on over (laughs) well so so besides the heat what's what's going on with you well actually the heat is playing into my life right now i have does that need to have their monthly milk test and obviously trying to get that monthly milk test done but also seeing the weather reports and realizing if it's 90 something degrees and humid as can be, it's not really going to be good results. So obviously, obviously we're pushing that back a little bit and we do have wiggle room, so it's okay. But the issue is I have an older doe that I don't want to bring to our fair, which for everybody who isn't aware, we're at our fair for a little over a week. And so I don't want to bring her to fair and she's not, she had a single this year. She's not milking as strong as she used to. She's done. And so I want to dry her off. But originally I was wanting one last milk test because most likely we'll be retiring her just kind of a numbers game. And so I just wanted one last strong milk test, but the clock's a ticking and I think I'll start drying her off, dropping her down to once a day for a little bit because I don't want a poor milk test for everybody else just to get her that one last milk test. So we're going to start our dry off process and figure this heat might even help us with that a little bit because she won't be producing as much. And so we'll see how it goes. But the heat is definitely throwing a wrench into my best laid plans. So time out here. You're going to dry off doughs before fair? I am drying off one dough before fair. Why aren't you going to show her? Why am I not going to show her? Yeah. Because she's a finished champion who does not need to come out of the barn. And she only had a single this year. She really is not putting milk into the bucket this year. And when I say she's not putting milk into the bucket, she's still kicking butt. But she's not... She's just not really into it as much as she has been in the past. And so 
I don't think I want to take her to fair. She doesn't need but what to. What about those premiums, baby? That money, that moolah. Yeah, but the thing is, that's one more dough to milk throughout the whole week there. One more dough to move up and down the barn. And yeah, I guess. I, I don't know. I just right, I, I yeah. kind of like was going to enjoy the fact that we were only bringing nine doughs. I mean, listen, I still have seven days to change my mind and figure this out. But the thing is, I need to dry her off so that if she's I have to basically decide if I'm drying her off, she needs to be dried off before fair because the person I have coming to do my chores is just, she just has time for dry stock, which is totally understandable. And I'm happy to have her come and do my animals because I just feel like her level of care and notice will be a lot higher than a few other people that, um, you know, could kind of fill in or um, some of our other people we've used in the past, they're now showing animals at fair. And so there's just different things. But so kind of trying to work with my farm sitter and make sure her life is easy. And then also have an enjoyable fair and realistic, like, you know, cost of grain. She's not milk. You know, there's just so many things no, it's, it's cool, you know. I feel like maybe I'm just maybe I'm the only one that likes money from premiums, you know. Well, <laughs> you know, but that's fine. So yes, the money would be nice, but <laughs> keep her in milk for the extra month to get her to fair would probably be. I'm just trying. I don't know roughly how many bags of feed that would be, but what she would do and what she would earn at fair might not necessarily justify those bags of feed either. That's the thing. I mean, like, yes, the money is nice and it's a double ring show and she's a permanent champion. So she would be in the, with a letter or with the permanent championship on her papers, which I know is a rarity these days, but she's an old girl. Um, it's like seeing an albino moose. I know they do exist. Um, <laughs> she's one of my two unicorns in milk this year. Um, but, you know it's it's just trying to figure it out so i don't know we may record next week and i'll be like guys i'm still milking her but um we'll see <laughs> and yeah. like i have seven days to decide and enter her and all that fun stuff so cool. yeah yes so, so you're just surviving and milk testing and all that good stuff huh? well not milk testing yet but you know trying to figure out when and i sold the last kid of the season, so like good. Oh, thank goodness! But now you, you don't have to tell me the price. But was did you sell it for the pricing that I suggested? No, absolutely oh. not. Because so I had a buck that I was refusing to sell with registration papers. Um, not anything. There wasn't anything really wrong with him, but he just wasn't up to the standards that I would want for a registered buck. And he just kind of was in my barn. I mean, he was keeping my buck kid company. Not that, though, honestly, um, I don't even know if my buck kid cares at this point, but because um, he's pretty chill now without him gone. I think he's going to be a great, like, single buck herd sire, you know, in a pen. 
but he was just kind of there and nationals came and life was crazy. And so I just needed to find him a place. And so found somebody, told them the price. It was not your price, but it was a, I want him gone price. And they took it. Cash is in my wallet and I'm down to what'll probably, eh, I probably could afford to go down a few more, but at this point, I'm down to the number I want to be at. Okay. Yeah. Right. So awesome. what you? What's going on there? Well, breaking news that just came over my phone, folks. Uh-oh. President Biden has tested positive for COVID. Oh. Uh, all right. So what's going on with my week? Uh, what? No, I'm just laughing. Oh, I got that seven minutes ago. Oh, it just came over my phone. Darn. Oh, obviously... My phone is much more in the know than yours. Yeah. Darn phone. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So, our week. Um, well, <clears throat> this week, as, as this is coming out, we will be saying goodbye to one of our herd sires. He's going off to Indiana. So, we'll be down one less buck. So, that'll be good for the feed bill. <laughs> much cheaper to feed one uh, two-year-old buck and a uh, little tiny baby buck, so I'm happy with that. And I look forward to seeing what he does uh, for their herd. It was funny. Um, they were asking me yesterday about uh, milk tests, so you know, I was talking to them about milk tests, and I was like, you know, uh, we had an episode about this, and like shared them the episode, and they're like, you do podcasting, and I was like, yeah. They're like, oh, I gotta look into this. And today they're like, I'm in. I've I've listened to six episodes so far. <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, no problem, man. That's awesome. And then um, uh, you also might get like a random message from that person if they have further questions about milk test. Just so you know, <laughs> that's totally fine. Um, I've also used that milk test. I keep doing shameless plugs, and in fact, I had a shameless plug. Somebody, I posted a picture of one of my does, and somebody asked, "Oh, what do you feed her?" And I said, "Shameless plug. Listen to our last week's episode." <laughs> yeah, yep. No, I I love being able to just be like, "Oh, here you go." Like it just explains so much, and I don't have to say it again. Here you go. Love it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so our, our week is, you know, hot. Work is, like, stupid busy until probably fair, so it's going to be another three or four weeks of just hectic life. Um, so we're just kind of maintaining, and the does have bounced back from being sick from nationals. Finally, everybody's clear. Um, and Yeah, woohoo! Uh, and, yeah, we're just kind of maintaining, make sure everybody keeps weight. Um, and yeah, just living life now, Daniel, I told you I wasn't going to say now at all this episode and I just said it. So I'm disappointed in myself. Boo, John. Boo. Uh, I'll forgive this one. Oh, okay. Thank you. So let's move into some ad good news, Danielle. And, and do you want to, uh, crank it off in the beginning here? Sure. So <laughs> we should just say. That this podcast is brought to you by the number 9,000. <laughs> and so obviously, I mean, I know I've been called out on this a few times too for 
for better or for worse. But obviously, when we talk ADGA news, sometimes I stay a little more quiet than John does. I do have my opinions, but sometimes John says all there needs to be said. And sometimes I just, you know, sit back. But today, I guess the gloves are coming off and I just want to kind of put this out into the world that, so first off, I guess, why is this podcast brought to you by the number 9,000? Well, we just got a notification from the AVGA office that since approximately June 1st, over 9,000 registration papers have not been printed. And this is a glitch that they found in NG. Now, glitches in NG we've been dealing with for forever. But I just like, this breaks my heart, particularly in terms of our directors who have been fighting to and working so hard to keep our membership informed, going, getting things done for them. And this notification that this was a glitch happened, what was it, two days ago, three days ago? I mean, we're recording on July 21st. And this notification happened, to the best of my knowledge, after the director meeting that was had. But what that means is that for approximately 50 days, most likely... No printing was done except for rush paperwork because they are very slowly in that office moving through paper applications. I mean, each week we're seeing only a couple of days of paper applications getting being done as they're progressing. I mean, they're still, they might even be in March of, I don't even know if it's 2021 or 2022. Regardless, Paper applications are not being processed quickly. Rush papers are being processed, but it shouldn't. That's a whole nother thing. But people are registering online. However, somebody in the office or somebody's or whatever failed to notify or they kept it a secret from I don't even know where the issue of communication lies. And frankly, it doesn't matter. But like, the issue is that this was a should have been a known issue. This is 9000 registration papers is basically the month's like output from adding a membership. If you look yep. at the genetics, when Gene does his updates, you're seeing around 9000 in a, you know, couple of week period that new registrations are added to the system. So what were they printing? If 9,000 are missing, that means most likely 9,000 were not being printed. There is somebody in the ADGA office or multiple people, I'm not 100% familiar with the structure, but their job is to basically take the printed papers and get them out. Did they not realize that this wasn't happening? Or, you know, I could understand, okay, a day, oh, maybe nobody registered today, you know, it was June 1st, everybody was off doing whatever, or, you know, okay, it's going to be a slow week, but when nothing was getting printed, or 
not let's say 90% of what is getting print what should be printed is not being printed and you can go back historically even in ng times and see that there should be things being printed and nothing's being printed how does it take a month and a half to find this out and then most likely based on the summary of what is being sent to the board in I'm calling it a town hall. I know it's not a town hall meeting, but the board had an update and that was not part of the update. How? Like, what is going on? And the other thing about it is that were we not, or we, sorry, was the board not notified because that money made a positive cash flow? Because in those meeting minutes, one of the things that was said is that Adga has a positive cash flow right now. However, if all of those papers were not being printed and mailed, technically, if each paper was, you know, a 50 cent stamp, you're talking, uh, you know, several thousand there. If each paper costs a dollar in materials to print, and I'm just pulling numbers out just to make my life easy. That's $9,000 in materials that are not accounted for for a month and a half. So you add 9,000, you add, let's say it was 2,500 to, oh, now I'm going to kick myself because the math is going to be a little complicated, but <laughs> like you all of a sudden you can easily get to $10,000 that hasn't been used. So there's your positive cash flow. I mean- right. Uh, well, I, according to the notes from the from the meeting, uh, it didn't affect cash flow whatsoever. Well, but what I'm saying is, that's a whole nother thing. But what I'm saying is, if they're looking for a positive cash flow, there's a quick ten thousand oh, dollars that yeah. being spent. Um, yeah, and I also have an issue with the fact that, and I appreciate the fact that we can have access to stamp duplicates and the board has made extensions for stamp duplicates and anybody can show using a stamp duplicate currently until September, like that needs to be done. But now they're able to use the fact that, oh, you can just print a stamp duplicate as their band-aid for this. Not the fact that this wasn't happening. And like, this is 9,000 registration papers. This is the second time something like this has happened that we are made aware of. And you just ran into an issue with QuickBooks. That office should be dotting every I and crossing every T at this point because they know the system is faulty. Like this shouldn't, if this is day two, this should be, hey boss, we have an issue because this is not functioning right. Like maybe it's a system issue. Maybe this, like, this should be how it is. This is a broken system. They should be making it. They should, unfortunately, have to accommodate the broken system because, right, quite frankly, that's what we're working with. But you should know if there's a broken system, you have to be on the lookout for errors. And, yep. Yeah. So, all right. Soapbox can, over. Can I, I, can I weigh in a little bit? Yeah. Of course, of course. I'm just, my rant is over for right now. Well, I'm going to kind of double on it a little bit here. So I agree with everything you're saying. Um, 
my biggest issue with all this, besides the fact that it was now that we're even further behind than we already were, uh, because 9,000 registrations haven't been printed. So it's just that much more work that the office has to do. My biggest issue is that for the last year, the membership and directors, most of them, I believe, have been screaming about communication, communication, communication. We need communication. And our current president has been like, well, the past president wasn't good at communication, but I'm going to be. When? When, when are you going to be good at communicating when you go over a month without printing these registrations? And it's like if our e- if our ED is not telling the president what is going on or the EC what is going on, that's a huge issue. Huge issue. Right. It, but like, do you think – so my thing is do you think they knew – that this was going on. I and don't know. Hiding it, like that's what this is what boggles my mind. Are we <laughs> in this hiding something that doesn't exist that didn't exist because it was there was another crisis to put out or it was better because we're going to be at nationals and we're going to be the face of, you know, a face at nationals and it's better to make it all kind of look like everything's good and so we're just going to throw this under yeah. the rug for a bit and I, then that's the way I feel. Up, after we just had a meeting because eh, we have enough that they have to worry the directors have to worry about so you know let them deal with this and then we're just gonna slide this in oh by the way this doesn't happen or do they really did they really not know for a month and a half i mean either way it's a problem there's there's no there's no being in this galaxy that would think that oh we're just really good we've caught up so quick and here's here's my other issue is that like conspiracy theory like let's get our tinfoil hats on folks and you know get the sage out but every at the bottom of the adga page forever says the preferred tattoo letter is p and registrations are caught up to here online registrations are caught up to here uh Transfers are caught up to here. Guess what? You go to the website right now, and that's gone because they were flat out lying to us because they were like, oh, we're caught up to July whatever or June whatever. Like, no, you weren't. You obviously weren't. Right. So so you do that, and then you shut down communication on the ADGA Facebook page by shutting down comments. Like, yeah, I get it. Some of those comments were pretty nasty. But some of those comments are from people that are just trying to get information and you're shutting them down and shutting up the membership. And that's what really pisses me off. Like this whole thing just feels bad for the membership and for ADGA as a whole. And I hate it. Like I know people are like, oh, John, here's John being a jerk again. No, like these are valid concerns and people should be really pissed off. Right. And I also hate the idea that Rush is going to be the only way you can get paperwork quick. Yeah. Because like, once again, sorry, but once again, how do you get a positive cash flow? If you figure that that paper costs you with staff and labor, whatever, $2, I'm just putting a number there, then Adga's profits from that paper would be, you know, $6. Now, you basically stop the system. So paperwork, the only way you could get a paper is if you're doing it not online or what have you, is to do it via rush. Because like I said, the last 
update was a March update for, you know, in office paperwork. Well, how do you generate extra income? You say, okay, it's impossible. The only way you can get it is rush. Rush is a double fee, correct? I haven't done a rush in a yeah. while. Yeah, uh, you have to. Yeah, I think you, you pay more. I, I don't remember the uh, actual amount. But yes, you pay more. Okay, I, I remember that it's a double fee, but it could be the double fee could have been a transfer, which would be for, you know, when I did it was $4. Regardless, that is the cost of doing a rush and the convenience fee adds money to the ADGA pockets that has no cost associated with it. So all of a sudden that registration paper, which, you know, I need in three weeks, I need in four weeks, I have to rush it. They're making money off of it. And they're basically forcing the membership to pay rush fees if they need paperwork. And I I just, and that, I don't know. No. Yeah. Well, here's my thing. I order a pizza from, you know, the most trusted pizza place since 1904. (laughs) And, and I get a phone call from the delivery driver and they're like, Hey, we know that we said we'd be there in 20 minutes, but I hit a little bit of traffic over here and you're like, Oh, okay. So you're going to be late. Yeah. I'm going to be a little bit late, but if you throw me an extra 20 bucks, I'll break some laws and get there as quick as I can. And then he still ends up being 20 minutes late. Like, all right, well, that's great for me. Like I paid more for something that should have gotten here just is in, in faster time. So great. (laughs) You know, it's like, it just feels bad. Everything feels bad right now. And I hate to hate on the registry. I think our board's doing a good job for what, they're being dealt and for the communication that they appear to be getting or not getting. Um, yeah. So it just sucks. I mean, could you imagine being a member of the board? I, I, my heart oh. really goes out to them because here they are. Every The one thing I'm seeing is, you know, we joined to help and a lot of these board members joined or, you know, some of them joined post NG and they were aware of the workload But then you get kicked like and they're working their butts off trying to get things done and trying to get this registration system functional. And then you just get dealt this blow that somehow we just lost 9000 papers. I mean, (laughs) anyway, anyway, I was wondering how all that dust got on that printer. It's so weird. Exactly. Oh, this is great. We haven't. This is like. So I'll never forget that we were friends with a local bookstore owner and his wife did the paper like the paperwork for the bookstore. And so she was in charge of all the financials. And one year she comes up to him and goes, Oh, this is great. We're not, we're not spending, we're not having to send out as much money in sales tax this year that we have in the past. And he just looks at her and goes, you realize what that means, right? And she goes, oh, we're just not paying as much in sales tax. And he goes, sales tax hasn't changed. (laughs) This is not actually great because this is a problem. And yeah. No, it's like, so we we should probably also mention that a survey and letter uh, was circulated among several directors and uh, was sent out for, for them to sign. And basically 
Um, it was about the current uh, capabilities of some of the office staff and NG capabilities itself. Um, and many of the letters issues uh, were discussed at the meeting last Wednesday night, uh, which was on the 13th. Happy birthday to me. Uh, <laughs> along with um, suggestions for improving efficiency. And, you know, from what I could get online is that, you know, it was kind of like a no confidence uh, type deal uh, within our office leadership. So, uh, I mean, it says there was a survey, doesn't really say much more than that. So uh, I'm, not, I'm unsure on how it went, but I'm sure it was, I mean, I would have paid for that pay-per-view WWE SmackDown event. Um, I would yeah. say it could have been an ADGA fundraiser, but, you know, like we've said, supposedly the cash flow is good. So, yeah, cash flow is good as according to the finance notes on here. So um, if they're not worried, I'm not worried, right? Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> fire that, you know, everybody's shaking and we're just, we're just, it's like adding initial, you know, lighter fluid to a wildfire. Like, but then they tell us to be patient and like, yes, like everybody should be patient and kind. Like we're, we're not saying these things to be unkind. We're just saying how we're feeling like the membership's feeling right now. Uh, but that's just like, that's throwing salt in the wound, right? Like every time something happens and we're just told that we need to be patient and be vigilant and stand by our, our leadership. And it's like, yeah, I'll always support, you know, my district directors and I'll always support the other directors and, and leadership. But at what point do we have to say enough is enough? I don't know. I mean, convention is going to be really interesting. I'll just say that much. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so should we, I, like, move on to, like, our main, main topic? No, no, no. Hold on. Before we do that, let's <laughs> totally just switch gears. Let's do a 180. And okay. I kind of wanted to quickly report that in a completely different aspect of the Dairy Goat community, um, as ringside with our listener support while we were at nationals um, between buying the adorable little goats as well as the Nepal um, card packs that we had at our booth, plus your donations, we were able to send $668 to support the Worldwide Goat Project Nepal and continue to support Dan Laney's endeavors over there and helping him continue to help grow the goat community in Nepal. And so um, that's just going to have a tremendous impact. And we're just so grateful for everyone who purchased one of the goats or the cards or gave a little bit of money. We're just really happy to be able to have sent that. And so a huge thank you to everyone from us for helping us help support this project. Yeah, seriously, it was it was really cool to see everybody so excited for those goats and to be able to uh, pay for them and, and help Dan in his quest to get that program even further ahead. Um, it's It was really cool. So uh, thank you, everybody, for doing that. And hopefully we'll be able to do something like that in the future. Right. I agree. Hopefully we can continue doing that. And I do know that 
Dan should have more of the goats come convention time. And if not, he'll probably get a shipment and he usually is pretty good about posting them on his Facebook. So keep an eye on that or send him a message for because when he gets those shipments, they go fast. Yes, they do. So uh, moving on to the topic this week, Danielle, what are we discussing? <laughs> Only 30 minutes in and, you know. <laughs> that's fine. It's an easy, it's an easy topic. So yeah, no, 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 it's not. I'm just, you know, we had, we had words to say beforehand. But so this week, we're going to just kind of pick our brains and cover skills that we think in order to be a successful goat farmer or breeder, you should know um, kind of stuff from your day to day, but also to long, the, you know, the long haul of your breeding program. And so we're just going to kind of go through some things and, you know, see what we come up with as skills that are important to know if you want to raise quality dairy goats. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so what's what's one of the first things here? All right. Um, I'm just not I'm not going to go in order just to kind of like, you know, change it oh, up okay. on your toes. Um, oh, so let's see. Uh, trimming hooves. Okay. I think being hoof maintenance is a very important thing that you as a goat owner should know how to do or have a support member, whether you pay a farrier or your vet to do it. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, 100%. Uh, you know, your foundation of your animal starts from the foot and all the way up. I mean, if I, I'm not going to call out the person, but I saw a post uh, the other day that was like, oh, because it's been so wet and blah, blah, blah. Uh, I finally was able to trim one of my goat's hooves. And like, I kid you not, it, their, her hooves were a good like six or seven inches long. And thankfully, it seemed like they were pretty good at correcting uh, because they, they looked wonderful after they were actually trimmed. I mean, the toes were six or seven inches long. I was like, holy cow. Um, so like, yeah, yes, like I'll be the first one to admit sometimes I'll go like a month and I'm like, oh crap, I haven't trimmed hooves lately. Like I try to do it fairly often, especially with my older girl. Um, but if you don't know how to trim hooves, there's plenty of YouTube videos to show you how. I mean, people use the hoof boss or just uh, the, the silver line uh, clippers from um, Caprolite. You know, there's, there's all sorts of different tools you can use and all sorts of different videos on YouTube. Uh, that you can look up and and figure out how to do it yourself, but it is it is a necessary uh, skill if you have dairy goats or or meat goats, whatever kind of goat. Right. I mean, mobility is so important for an animal's health. From the way a dairy goat eats, I think of it kind of in the terms of. A lot of people expect dairy goats to be pasture ornaments or the uneducated people about dairy goats to be pasture ornaments to kind of graze their lawn and keep it trim. And typically if they talk to me about that, I say, well, most likely that sounds like you want sheep then because sheep are grazers, goats are browsers. 
And so what that means is typically they like to stand, particularly if they can, on their forelegs too, and browse. They want to eat the forage, or not the forages, but they want to eat those leafy greens up in the trees or the bush and everything. They're not, you know, there to kind of munch on the grass and get it really short. But what that means is they need to be able to move. They need to be able to stand. They need to be comfortable on their feet while they're eating to allow proper nutrients to be, you know, I guess. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, hoof rot is a real thing that can happen if you don't take care of your animal's hooves, especially spring, you know, winter and spring when it's super wet. Like you're just asking for problems. Like you got to keep up on your animals. And, and that includes your bucks. Like, uh, like you, you just you have to be vigilant with that. Right. Um, I, oh. oh, go ahead. No, I, bucks particularly. I mean, I'll be the first to admit it sometimes because my bucks are in a different area that it's and they're bigger it's not necessarily as easy to trim their feet but come breeding time if they're not strong on those feet you're going to run into issues because they're not going to be able to support themselves on their back feet as much if their hooves are overgrown if their feet are breaking down a little bit just for from poor clipping management and trimming management of those feet and there's a lot that has to go into the action of a dairy goat breeding and so much of that is put on that hind end i mean if you look at a buck pre-rut and a buck during rut how that buck looks is so different i mean your front end changes your rump changes there's this whole mechanical change to the animal but it starts at that feet and so when that buck is trying to breed a doe it's on those rear legs and those rear feet and if his feet are tender or his feet are overgrown and he doesn't quite have the balance, he may not, first of all, want to breed a doe or be as motivated to breed a doe because he may breed one and realize it's painful and do it again and realize it's painful and so be a little bit more hesitant and not as ready or not able to perform. I mean, there's just so many reasons that hoof trimming is important. Yeah, for sure. Up next, you got to become a doctor. It's imperative to learn basic skills to keep your herd going. I mean, you you need if if you want to health check your animals by doing blood draws, you're gonna have to learn how to do that. Uh, you know, you're gonna have to learn how to give shots, vaccinations, uh, the difference between uh, intramuscular and subcutaneous injections, uh, which also people that may not who may not know. Uh, You'll see those fairly often on online or wherever as IM and uh, SQ. Um, you also need to know like types of medicines that, that you'll need and uh, what to keep on hand. So you have to do your research. Uh, there's a lot of great uh, websites out there, um, but don't please like try to stay off like the, the backyard stuff. Like, you know, like try to go to some like reputable, like, websites and maybe i'll link a few in the the show notes here uh, that people could look for information on um but yeah you just you you need to learn how to do these things goats do silly things goats need regular maintenance kind of like hoof trimming uh and you just you got to be on top of it right and it's things that i mean some stuff that 
it might, obviously your vet should know how to do it and do it well, but you're, I mean, if you're vaccinating your goat for, with CD&T each year in our area, you have to give both, or you should be giving BOCI because we're in a selenium deficient area and BOCI has the selenium in it. Those are at least two shots a year that, you know, maybe if you only have a few goats and you're not doing much with them, it's okay to have the vet out once to do that. But that saves you a vet trip. If you can do your basic healthcare for your goat, because we are able to administer the things, you know, those things ourselves. So it helps with that. Blood draws, it's a skill that takes a little bit to learn, but once you do it, it's so helpful because you can test yourself for diseases like CAE, CL. You're testing yourself or your goats? You can test your goats, sorry. You can, test, <laughs> no, you can test, you can take the blood yourself to test, to send to the lab to test your goats. That's what I meant. Okay. Um, and Just making can, sure we're on the same page here. <laughs> I'm currently CAE negative. Thank you all. I just... <laughs> Um, but it's, so with blood draws, I think my little tip of it is when you're first doing it, shave that. And I think there's YouTube videos and things too, but (coughs) shave that skin because it'll help really showcase where the vein is to draw that blood. And then the other thing is use a needle and syringe because If you have the other apparatus, which basically takes the needle and has a second opening that would go right into a tube, kind of like what you would get if you were to go to a doctor and they were to to draw blood on you, they'd have it hooked up and they'd just put the tube in, the tube would fill with blood, they'd take it out, they'd switch the tube in. That works really well, but especially if you're just learning, it is so much easier to um, hit that vein, grab the blood with the syringe instead of having to worry about making sure you're in the vein and then putting it in the vial and, oh shoot, I wasn't actually in the vein, but I removed the vial incorrectly and I lost the vacuum from it. And so I would recommend if you're just starting out first shaving that neck and then also, um, using a needle and syringe because it just makes it that much easier in my experience yeah i i agree 100 percent uh what do we have next or do we want to talk a little bit more about the different things i mean intramuscular injections sub-q injections i mean we can't you know it's kind of for us obviously we're like oh it's pretty simple uh so you're right um so intramuscular you know obviously you're going to be uh giving some kind of shot that requires to go in the muscle. Um, and I usually tend to do the, uh, the hind end, um, uh, usually the meaty part of the leg, uh, this is where I tend to go. I know some people don't do that, but that's where I go. It's just easier, especially on our Oprah Hosley. Uh, and then sub Q, um, is underneath the skin. So you're not getting into that muscle. You're, you're flapping up the skin. I usually do it by the elbow, uh, whereas, the looser skin is that and uh yeah you just lift it up and 
uh, put the needle in, but you're not going in a downward motion. You're kind of going parallel with that skin and, uh, you know, injecting the animal, making sure that you don't go on, you know, the needle doesn't go out the other side. Um, and then, yeah, I also like to wipe off the area with alcohol before I just poke them. Um, that's just me. And um, always change that needle. Yes. Yes, because you don't know if, you know, God forbid one of your animals has something and your other doesn't. Uh, but also, those needles get dull pretty quick. So, oh. you know, you're not going to want to sit there and go, oh, let me go ahead and I'll give this one a shot. Oh, let me draw some more of this vaccine or whatever. Oh, let me hit it with the same needle. Like, no, it's going to be dull and it's not going to feel good for your animal. And also, just biosecurity. Like, yeah, come on, don't be cheap. Right. No, exactly. The other type of injection you could do is intravenous which um Mm -hmm. is basically again like you're drawing blood you would put it usually for a goat you would put it in the vein of the neck and inject that but obviously you know don't just jump in and do it that way but there are some things that do you know should be injected intravenously and consult your vet i know that Banamine is one that I do like to give IV. I mean, banamine does have great bioavailability, so giving it orally really isn't an issue. But in the back of my mind, if I have a doe that I'm just, or a buck that I'm just like, oh, I want to get this, you know, a fever reducer into their system, kind of get, take the pain edge off quickly. Mm -hmm. I just feel like, well, putting it in the bloodstream gets it there that much quicker. I don't necessarily know if that's true or not. And if they're not that sick, I'm definitely giving it to them orally instead of causing them to fuss around with it. But it does help to know how to do IV shots too. Yeah, for sure. Especially, you know, if you're working with milk fever or something, yeah, it's, it's, it's a big deal. Um, Right. So good point there. Um, Let's move on to the to the next hold portion. On, hold on, sorry. One oh more. my goodness! The other thing, this is really quick, <laughs> but is know how to take a goat's temperature. Yeah. I am blessed with a vet who trusts my knowledge and knows that we can have kind of phone calls sometimes and if I'm saying you got to get out here. They know to come out because this problem is beyond me. But whenever we kind of have our initial conversations, the first question always is, what is the goat's temperature? So when you ever you have an animal off, take the temperature. It's easy to do. They may not always like it the best, but it's easy. It gives you so much information about what is going on with that goat mm-hmm. and the cat my well, one caveat is you know know what's also normal in your herd so for instance we kind of talked about how hot it is right now in new york and how humid it is most likely if i were to take temperatures on my herd and they're all doing well i would have ice cold them. what ice cold they'd be ice just yeah, yeah exactly no Um, they'd all probably be higher than I would expect on a normal day. Mm -hmm. But if I had something that really 
is high and spiked compared to like my consistent normal, then I would know that it has a fever. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a very good indicator and just something quick that you can do to get a read on the animal um, in order to, and, and it helps diagnose. I mean, like, Oh, Oh, running a temp or Oh, low temp. Something's going on huge. Like, let's go. Um, it's, it's imperative. That's one of, that's one of the first things I do when I have a goat that's going down or is down. Now, yeah. Daniel, if you would, so if, if you are done with that part of the, uh, questions, uh, let's, let's go ahead and you can pick another one randomly. Oh no, I feel like you have one you're just itching to do and you've been trying to, you know, bring it up for the last couple of minutes so go for it i don't know i i asked the last one so it's your turn okay so i guess this is a good tangent and we all know i love a tangent yeah (laughs) (laughs) where to go for help is always something that i feel is something that causes issues more often than is actually helpful i mean If you don't have the correct resources or if you're going to bad advice locations, you're just, it's not going to be helpful. And usually in those situations, you're going because something's wrong and you're going to be told the incorrect information and it's not going to help. Yeah, for sure. Oh boy. Oh, I so I guess it was a little I should have uh given you a little bit more warning for that one, but apparently I don't need to because it sounds like you have a few little sounds ready for whenever these topics come up. Every once in a while I just pull one out, uh and who doesn't love the little rascals? Uh I believe that <laughs> for where to go for help, um definitely a vet and get a vet it, in line before you have an emergency you don't want it to be 8 p.m and your vet's office is closed and you're like oh i need to find a vet and you have to call around like no like create create a relationship with a a veterinarian you know hopefully one that has knowledge with small ruminants and also hopefully you have some sort of mentor if you're getting into dairy goats if not make some friends you know, let's create relationships with all these people, like-minded people. And, and you know, there's, there's a lot of good, knowledgeable people out there uh, that can help you out. Now, I will say I would strongly suggest staying away from those emergency vet pages and the goats tips and tricks pages and all those other pages because you'll get everybody and their mother – commenting on there except for the vet emergency you'll just be waiting for somebody to answer you and it might be too late Uh, but you'll get everybody commenting on there and when i read through those i mean it's like 75 percent of it is just the worst advice ever so so it's it's bad like oh my god i just sit there i had to leave those groups because i was getting agita from it uh, <laughs> it's it's terrible. So yeah, create a rela- relationship with a vet in your area prior to having an emergency. And yeah, 
find some find some friends, find a mentor, and um, have fun with goats. Yeah. The caveat on finding a mentor, though, is make sure that mentor actually knows what they're doing. Yes. I mean, sometimes we're all itching to play doctor or, you know, we swear we have a medical degree from YouTube and, you know, we've just because somebody's been in goats for a long time does not necessarily mean that they're raising goats correctly or their protocols are current and, uh, you know, what you should actually be doing. And so my biggest thing is if your mentor needs to have to actually know what they're doing and be raising animals properly and yeah. Yeah, for sure. I'm going to breeze through this next one because, I mean, there's a couple on here that I just want to hear what you have to say on. Uh, (laughs) So infrastructure, building, upkeep, uh, you're going to become a contractor and fence builder extraordinaire or not so much. Uh, I'm always building something, it seems, or fixing something. Uh, If you don't have the talent or uh, area to build a permanent fence, uh, Premier One Portable Fencing works great and they have the uh, I think it's like the Teleshock or Intelishock or whatever um, solar uh, uh, battery, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. Shocker. The thing that makes you go, ow. Uh, <laughs> I can't think of it off the top of my head. But yeah. Um, <laughs> the fence charger? Sure. There you go. <laughs> you make it sound so simple to just say, you know, whatever. I couldn't pull it out. I'm sorry. Words are hard. It's fine. I'll <laughs> words that. words I mean, are difficult. It's not like we've only, we've been talking for 53 minutes. You've used all your words already. We've used quite a few uh, words, which is fine by me. Not uh, <laughs> powerful, but we've used words. <laughs> so, I mean, I feel like this point here is kind of just self explainable like like just if you're going to get goats hopefully before you get them you create some kind of infrastructure to keep them dry out of the elements uh but also have fencing to keep them safe and away from things that go bump in the night right and also secure because and if you follow me on my page you know knock on wood we haven't had a breakout recently but my does do know how to open gates and we have them all latched up, but when they do, they cause havoc. They eat more feed than they should, which causes the risk for blow and different things like that. Um, also, I had a goat who I had to sell because my fencing, I didn't do it. I do not have the skills to make a fence. I will fully admit that, but the fence was a five strand and the issue is the bottom line. I believe the bottom line is hot. And because of that, it was shorting when the grass would grow and causing other issues in the fence. And I had a doe who would just get out. And if it was just me on the property, maybe I would have put up with it a little bit more But I was having to make sure my barn door was closed and normally that's open for airflow. I was having to make sure I wasn't keeping grain with my bucks because she would go over there and eat that. And then we have a little bit of traffic at 
where my goats are and they were getting worried they were going to hit her. And there was just so many things involved because my fence wasn't secure that it ended up, you know, the goat had to go and it would have been really cool to keep her and breed her and freshen her and, you know, work with her. But just for my setup, she wasn't working with it. And so because of my faulting, like the fence issue, it just, she wasn't a good candidate for my barn. Yeah. I have a two-year-old that's like that who she keeps it up. She's going like, no matter if she's a finished champion or not, like I'm tired of her. I do have a lot of reworking to do with my dry lot. Uh, deer have been terrible this year with just apparently walking right through the wire and oh, I mean, like dragging it around. Oh yeah. Like there was a day last week where all of a sudden it's like, Oh, Hey, there's turkeys in our dry lot. That's cool. Like there was a wild turkey in her two little turkey poults. And I was like, that's cool. I, I'm leaving for work, but that's so cute here. Let me snap a picture. Cute. Dinner in the future. Yeah. yeah. I was like, cute, cute, cute. This is great. And then I get a, a message from Tierney a half hour later I'm at work and she's like oh so uh hey all of the goats are out and I was like besides the bucks obviously but she all of the goats are out and I'm like what do you mean all of the goats are out and she's like every single goat is out besides the kids and the bucks and I was like what are they doing and she's like oh they're just out in the woods just eating all of the poison ivy that they want and I'm like oh cool um great and she's like I'll try to put some away so she got all of them in eventually, and I was very thankful. But she got poison ivy, and then I got poison ivy from milking them with it all over their bellies. So it was a good time. So yeah, infrastructure is import- important. Uh, let's move on to some of the controversial stuff that you have to say. Well, I was just going to say, you know what helps with poison ivy? Chlorine. Tierney went into the pool and she still has it like the same day that she went into the pool right after she put him in. Well, she was smart, but she just needs to go in again and again and again. Sounds like you guys need to invest in a pool. So what you're supposed to do is you're actually supposed to scrub the area and pour bleach on it. Oh, okay. But I'm too much of a wimp for that. Oh, okay. so I just deal with it. I, I mean, I got the ointment and stuff. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I kind of, you know, there's a couple points on here, Danielle, that, like, I really want to get to. Okay. Um, this is also going to be, a like, I can tell this is going to be like, okay, we got to make a part two, but uh, let's let's get to these, these like, really cool points you got going on here. All right, shoot. What do you want me to uh, <laughs> Um. <laughs> I feel like you're itching to just, like. I like the house that you have here. Okay. Um. So there's one in particular that I just need more context on. And so you're going to lead on this. Uh, How to mind your own business. (laughs) Why (laughs) did I have a feeling you were going to ask this one or see what my thing was? I feel personally attacked. No, no, no. It was nothing to do with you, (laughs) I don't think. Um, No, I, I think part of what makes dairy goats pleasant in my opinion are the dairy goats and sometimes when we're frustrated with dairy goats it's because of outside influence and so often particularly in 
the realm of, you know, or the age of social media and everybody is eager and quick to share the good news about their herds, but people are nosy and people like to feel that they have an influence in what you were doing in your barn, whether it's commenting on animals you're bringing in or your breeding program or whether or not you're showing a doe that's a finished champion or a junior doe who has her leg already or you know you're showing your aged doe with her championship in the you know in her breed class and showing there's just like when people start going and saying things about other people's herds or their breeding program or how they're bringing animals out it just adds such a it just puts such a bad taste in my mouth and it's just so much better when you're focusing on you and you're not focusing on what everybody else is doing you can never keep up with the joneses no matter how hard you try it doesn't help it really and it doesn't add to your enjoyment to not to be doing things and like concerned about what other people are doing because there's always going to be somebody who's going to have more time, more resources, more luck of what they started out with or what have you. And so they're going to be doing something differently and you may not like it, but just do you. And that'll be where you find your happiness. And also I think where your herd will grow and improve the most. Yeah. I agree. Uh, you know, there's there's like one example in in the back of my brain when you say uh, how to mind your business, and that is when somebody finishes like an animal in in, in the show ring, and they don't meet. You know, they'll go on Facebook and they're like, "Oh, uh, this this animal finished," and like all of a sudden, people are like, "Oh, did they reach out to so and so, the breeder before that? Like, if, if it's a purchased animal, did they reach out to them?" And then the person that bred that animal's like, I'm mad because they didn't they didn't tell me first. It's like, dude, mind your business. Like this is now this person's animal. Mind your business. And what did they do back in the day before the good old Facebooks and email where they like Dear Sir Sentinel Hogwarts? This animal has finished its championship. Congratulations. And they sent it by carrier pigeon or something? No, they were just like, oh, cool. That's great. Cool. No, Once they found out. After yeah. every show, you would look out your window and you would see what breeders were sending the smoke signals and you would figure out what champions were um, awarded. I might name an animal that. That's a good name. I'm writing that down. Hilaire Farm Smoke Signals. That would be a good buck name, too. Right? I'm oh, writing yeah. it down. Oh, yeah. For sure. Thinking of it. I'm just writing it down. Sorry, folks. Typing. Um, like while I'm typing, why don't you go to your, to your next uh, point? How about one thing I do think is tremendously helpful in any program? And I know we joke about this all the time and say, don't count the goats. But... I really think you need to know how to count and also how to call. And you got to know when to hold them. And then you got to know when to fold them. And you do have to know when to walk away. 
and then oh boy next question you got to know when to run as well (laughs) (laughs) timing to uh you know putting two points together but with that it's only enjoyable if you have a manageable number of dairy goats so you may not have to say okay i have 22 goats in the barn and i'm milking 16 and i have you know this many kids and this many bucks but you have to know when enough is enough or when you are at your max because if you are overworked it's not going to be enjoyable and you have to get rid of things which leads to my next point of you have to know when to cull and I think I use the word cull differently than John, but in this case, I'm talking about you have to know when you've reached that number, when you have to sell an animal, and wherever it goes is wherever it goes. What does cull mean to me that's different? I think you use cull just to sell. When I say I have a cull animal, I usually say I'm cull- like that animal is going into a terminal. Oh, okay. Like, a terminal. like when I cull, it is not going back to the registered population where I feel like you cull and it just means like the goats for sale. Well, for the ones that you know of, but I definitely call animals that you've never heard from again. And that's because they gone, gone. No, 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 no. I'm not saying, I'm not saying you don't, but what I'm saying is you'll frequently say, I feel attacked. No, 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 no. It's just two different ways of (laughs) using the word. Like my culls are like culls. These camp freezer camp terminal maybe a pet home whatever i feel like you're saying okay it's time to call we got to reduce our numbers goats are for sale regardless of where they're going you know whether call, they're registered or not uh, call means uh, numerous things to me yes it's selling sometimes it's selling without papers sometimes it's selling to a meat buyer uh, exactly. it depends so it kind of like what the old people wear it depends didn't <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so you have to know when to sell an animal, when this animal isn't working for your program. And then also, if you're adding animals in, you have to know what to look for and what a healthy goat looks like. And kind mm-hmm. of these animals, adding, subtracting, if you don't know what a healthy goat looks like when you're picking up a goat, you're going to get burned and you're going to have an unsuccessful go operation. You're going to have, you're going to rack up vet bills really, really quick. And it's okay to walk away from a goat if it's scary. So you got to know when to run. Yeah. You got to be like Carrie Underwood and I bought my keys to the side. <laughs> so that, <laughs> I will just have to tell you that wasn't even, that wasn't the right song that you were going what do you with. Mean? But, I, no, I, I, I tore my keys into the side of his pretty little souped up four wheel drive. So I was quoting earlier Kenny Rogers. I know you were, but I just I thought that Carrie Underwood was also listen. Was I'm older than you. I know I don't who know. Mr. Rogers is, man. Anyway, so you had that lovely lovely, we'll go with it, vocal. My Thank dog you. is lying here very nicely chewing her pacifier toy and just chilling however you started can we call it singing i don't know and her head 
jerked up. She just looked at me like, what is going on? What is that sound? I've never heard something like that before. <laughs> Hopefully she didn't pull a muscle. Yeah. She's, good. she's back. Now that it's over, she's, she's over it. But yeah, no, she just looked at me like, what was that? Well, meanwhile, my dog's used to it. He's just chilling. He's sleeping. <laughs> um, can we can we cover one more how before we close out this episode? Is it how to use Adga genetics? <laughs> it's not. But if that's where you want to go and you no, don't want to touch the other how. I'll, I, I listen, I know where you're going, but I just figured, you know, yeah. throw a wrench in it before, but... Go for it. What's your how? It's not. It's not my how. It's your well, how. how. I I did write it. You did write it. It's how to be a pleasant person, uh, and this can go for. In this is my interpretation of this question that uh, was was thrown at me last second. Uh, how to be a pleasant person can mean a couple Wait, things. Hold up, hold up. That was on the notes for a while. Just I thought it was a joke. Sometimes you put jokes on the notes, and I was like, oh, that's definitely – maybe that's a dig at me. John, you're no, meanie. No, you usually know when there's a dig at you. <laughs> pleasant one. <laughs> okay. So how to be a pleasant person. Uh, this can mean numerous things. Um, maybe a how to be a pleasant person to deal with with transactions. If you're the buyer or seller, uh, nobody wants to deal with a meanie, right? Um, and you know, always be cognizant that there's different levels of, of go ownership here. Um, there's the beginners, there's the, the people like me who are just in the middle swimming, and then there's the the, the elite. Um, so <laughs> you want to make sure that you're kind and pleasant to work with. Uh, but also, if somebody doesn't know something that you know, uh, as far as goat care or show goats or whatever goes. Uh, be pleasant to them by, you know, educating them correctly uh, and not just shoving in the face like, oh, you didn't know that <laughs> you're stupid. Like, no, like, like be nice to the person and, and educate. That's always a kind thing to do. Uh, but that's kind of what the be a pleasant person thing is. Maybe not talk behind people's backs. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's kind of that's what pleasant person means to me. Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> no no i the, i'm saying that way because, like i feel like i had something important to say about that when i put it on the notes and there was probably some very you know nice supportive message that i wanted to relay to the goat community and that's why it ended up on the notes but honestly i forget the reasoning <laughs> but so you let me take it, and I did, first of all, pat, patting myself on the back. I feel like I knocked that out of the park for not knowing the context. But I will also add to that, um, you can still ask tough questions to breeders or for you know whatever on Facebook. You can ask the, the tough questions, and it might come off as being negative. But if you're saying it in the right tone and being honest and asking cordially – uh, then you can still be a pleasant person. Oh, right. No, exactly. And I think, yeah, I don't know. We're good. <laughs> That's fine. Listen, this has been a very energy charged episode. You know, we don't, we don't like to take swings at 
people or organizations or anything like that very often, uh, just because we feel like it's probably not in the best interest of us. But when it boils over, we do swing. So this has been a very energized uh, episode. So I do appreciate that. Oh, no problem. That is not only is it brought to you by the number 9,000, but it is also brought to you by the number six, which is the shots of espresso I have had today. (laughs) There we go. Let's go. You could add like a little bit of rum in there or something, but you know, that's fine. It is only Thursday and it's now noon. So I get it. It's fine. When we started this podcast, I really shouldn't have been drinking because it was before noon. I mean, it's five o'clock somewhere, but I do have you know, stuff to do and adulting adulting to do after we're done with this. So, you know, well, cool. I, I think that we shall wrap up the episode there. And before we wrap up entirely, Danielle, where can our listeners find us on the old social media? Oh, well, I'm so glad you asked, John. So you can find us on Facebook if you search Ringside and American Dairy Goat Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at ringside underscore goat underscore podcast. You can find us on TikTok and Twitter as well by searching Ringside and American Dairy Goat Podcast. Be sure to like and follow or whatever button action you do on those social media platforms. And as always, you can find us each week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to subscribe, leave us a review, give us a rating. We appreciate it all. And as always, we also have a home on the web. You can find us at dairygoatpodcast.com. Yeah, we have merch and we have uh, past episodes and you can send us some feedback and we can answer it on the show for you. So I think that's a wonderful place to wrap it up officially. This has been Ringside, an American Dairy Goat podcast. I'm John. And I'm Danielle. We'll catch you guys on the next one. Ringside, an American Dairy Goat podcast, is not an affiliate of the American Dairy Goat Association. All opinions or information regarding the ADGA does not represent the registry.